0: I want you to hold them up real high and repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. No, I need you to say it like a church today. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always a light unto our feet. It's always a light and a lamp into our path. And Father, we come this morning expecting to hear from the Spirit of God. So I step back so that he can use me to share the oracles of God into the lives of your people. And I thank you that, Father, what we hear today will be a pivotal point in our spiritual journey. That we'll be able to make some decisions and change some mindsets and Destroy some strongholds that will help us live the more than abundant life that Jesus gave for us to have. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Let everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Last week, I started a series entitled Living a Scripted Life. Everybody say living a scripted life. And the whole origin of the series actually derived, uh, when I turned 54, I began to reflect on the 34 years of being a believer. And so I thought and asked myself, what could I share with my church that would enhance their lives spiritually, physically, and financially. And so what I did, I asked myself the question, what have I done that has positioned me to experience God's blessings and certain levels of, of success in my life? And the answer that I came up with is that I have consistently, everybody say consistently, I have consistently, not perfectly, but consistently live a scripted life and so that's where the topic of this series has come from and so last week I compared our lives as a movie and if our lives was a movie and God is the writer and the script is his word and we are the actors or actresses that's in the show then you and I are in more control of our lives than what we think. Amen. Now, we defined a script as a document that outlines every audio, visual, behavioral, and language element that's required to tell a story. In other words, a script is a movie uh, or a script uh, is like a movie that has every scene in it. It has every actor involved in the movie to tell the story. And so today, if you're taking notes, my lesson title is Living a Scripted Life, and we're going to look at part two here, part two. And uh, if you and I will consistently follow the script of God's Word for our lives, I believe we will consistently experience His scripted promises for our lives. Everybody say, scripted promises. In other words, God has made us promises in his word and those promises are not there just for us to read them. Those promises are there for us to experience them. But you and I must follow the script. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to follow the script. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Genesis chapter 11. We're going to look in verse 27, Genesis eleven twenty-seven, 27, and then we're going to move over to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. Genesis 11 verses 27 and then Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 5. And I believe a major foundational point that we made on last week was that a scripted life should become our identity for life. Everybody say a scripted life should become our identity for our lives. And the the take-home statement that I gave you was, you will never do what God has scripted you to do until you know who he has scripted you to be. Amen. And so I have five points this morning. If you're a good class, I'll finish all five. And if not, you'll just wonder what the last points were. All right? So point number one, if you're taking notes, is the profile of a scripted life the profile of a scripted life. In other words, I I, want to take this point and help you understand what the profile of a scripted life looks like. Now, here's the question that I have for you this morning and I'm hoping through the description of one of these type movies you'll be able to find your life. So here's the question. What type of movie reflects your life right now? Because the goal of the teaching is to help us get... Uh, get on script with God's script. But some of us, we have our own script going on. So I want to see, I want you to find out what script you're flowing with. So there are different types of movies. How many like to watch movies? Let me see your hand. Okay, it's not a sin to watch a movie, okay? Well, it's not a sin to watch certain movies, okay? (laughs) So let's start out with probably one of the most common type movies that we are used to, and that is dramas. A drama movie is one that is full of drama. And these are people who always have something going on in their lives. Don't ask them how they're doing because all you're going to hear from them is drama. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody already. Their life is like a soap opera, a living soap opera that rarely provides them with peace and prosperity. Do you have a drama life? Here's number two, and that is a horror movie. A horror movie. A horror movie is one that is full of tragic incidents, accidents, and negative events and disappointments. These are people, people who have a horror movie type life. These are not people who may just experience, you know, uh, one hard time. I'm not talking about that. These are people whose lives are full of disappointments and trials, watch this, due to their consistent poor decisions, their inability to listen to sound wisdom, and their consistent disobedience to God's script. These are people who blame the devil or they blame Jason. Uh, 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 uh. These are people whose lives are deep-rooted in pride. Therefore, they're always place a blame on people. If you notice people in horror films, it's always somebody running after them, but they're the ones that open the door. And why do they always fall in these movies? The next group of people are people who may have a thriller life. A thriller movie is one that is filled with tension and unplanned events. These are people who, who uh, they act now and they think later. These are people who never have a plan and who always changes the plans of others. These are last minute people always running Always going, always busy. And listen, they are always, they get a rush from barely making it. Then we have a comedy. A comedy is a movie that is written to make you laugh and have fun. And and some of you have a comedy life right now. These are people who make decisions that feel good even if the decision is not good. These are people who live a comedy life and they would rather have fun than to be responsible. These are people who tend to shy away from anything that involves commitment because fun is the priority. These are the people who stay engaged 10 years. I'm just going to let that one settle right there. Y'all feel that? Like, ooh, I felt something go down my spine. Then we have sci-fi movies. These are high-tech, future-oriented type movies that focuses on high-tech equipment or events that is supposed to better the future. And and there are people who have sci-fi lives and these are people whose lives live in a dream state. They are always talking about what they are going to do but they never do it. These are people who start stuff, but they never finish it. Just look straight. We won't know who I'm talking to. It's, it's right here, right here, right here. <laughs> Here's the last group. No, I got two more. Here's the uh, People who live documentary lives. These are films that have been made from the history or the event of someone else's life. And these are people who live in the past. They are those who, these are people who live a documentary life. These are those who cannot let go of stuff that has already been documented in their lives. These are people who hold on to hurts. They can't let them go because it's been documented. These are people who must have everything in writing before they move. These are people who have to believe, see it before they believe it. And then finally we have, well, I got one more. Uh, We have a romance How many like romance films, romance films, romance, romance? That's all? These are films that center around the storyline of someone falling in love. And these are people that are looking for love in all the wrong places. These are serial daters. And their whole life is centered around relationships. These are typically single people. I'm not trying to center you out, but for the most part, it's... Single people who can't be happy or focused unless they are in a relationship. Amen. These are people who need a relationship to fulfill them. But they don't know that only Jesus can do that. And that's why 51% of people divorce because they thought that person was going to fulfill them until they got married. And they they figured out that that same hole they had before they got married is the same hole that's in there. Amen. Hurry up, Pastor Evan. This is not good. <laughs> so now I want to describe what a scripted life should look like. A scripted movie is one that is word-centered. Everybody say word-centered. This is a person who has decided to follow God's script for their lives. These are people who base their actions, their attitude, and their decisions on what God's word says. Amen. Amen. So let's move now to point number two, and let's talk about the process of a scripted life, the process of a scripted life. And let's look at a very known person in the Bible. Let's look at, uh, at Abraham. Go to Genesis chapter 11. Let's look at Abraham because he's a good example of what a scripted life should look like. Now, what I'm going to do is start in Genesis 11. I'm going to read and give you the origin of Abraham and his history and how his, his life got started. And then we're going to jump into chapter 12. Genesis 11, 27 says this. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abraham. Now, Terah is the, the dad of Abraham. Terah begot Abraham and Nahar and Haram and Haram begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. Verse 29, watch this. And Abraham and Nahor took them wives, and the name of Abraham's wife was what, class? Was Sarah. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Ishka. Verse 30, but Sarah was barren. Notice now the script of Abraham's life. Okay, he's married now, but his script is saying right here, his life is saying that his wife was barren and she had no child. Now let's jump down uh, in verse 31. It says, and Terah took Abraham his son and Lot the son of Haran and his uh, his son's son and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife, and they went forth from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the... Watch this, notice what's happening. To go into the land of Canaan, watch this, but they came unto Haran and stayed there. So Abraham's dad was destined to get to Canaan, but for some reason they stopped at this city in Haran before they got to the city of Canaan. So now, watch this now, verse 32... It says, and in the days of terror were 205 years and terror died. Verse 12, uh, chapter 12. Now this is the movie starting. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get out of your country. This is scene one. And from your kindred and from your father's house. Here's scene two. Unto a land I will show you. These are instructions. Everybody say instructions. Then he says in scene three. I will make of you a great nation, I will bless you, make your name great, you shall be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless you, and curse those that curse you. And in you, Abraham, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4, so Abraham, what, departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was how old, class? He was 75 years old. I want you to point on what really was underlined it or highlighted. He was 75 years old when God made this promise to him when he departed out of that city and Abraham took his wife and his... Uh, His Lot his brother's son and all the substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran and they went forth into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. Now I want to just point something out very quickly to you and you may want to take a picture of it because uh, if you go back and read that you can spot what the process of a scripted life is the first thing that god gave abraham was instructions that was the first thing he told me said you know what i need you to now leave your father and mother leave the land that you're used to and i want to point something else out to you notice that god didn't say that to abraham till till his daddy died some things god won't speak until some things die Maybe God hasn't given you your next destination or your next direction for your life because your will is still alive. God didn't speak until Abraham's dad died. So first he gave him instructions. After he gave Abraham instructions, he gave Abraham a promise. And then after he gave Abraham the promise, the Bible says Abraham got up. And he left and went into the land of Canaan. So he obeyed. And then the fourth thing, which we'll see later on, is that Abraham had to exercise faith and patience. Everybody say faith and patience. Because Abraham was 75 years old when God made him the promise. But he was over 90 years old when the promise came to pass. So he had to exercise some faith and patience. And then, of course, the the last result of that are the blessings of the Lord. So here's point number three. Let's talk about the perspective of a scripted life the perspective of a scripted life. I just went over with you the process of a scripted life. In other words, if you live a, a, a scripted life, those five things I just gave you should be flowing in your life. So the, the perspective of a Christian uh, of a scripted life, uh, let's do this because, see, every uh, person that's in a movie, if, if they are an actor, they don't just give them a script. For one scene, they give the actor or actress the whole script for the whole movie, which now gives the actor or actress the ability, say the ability. It gives them the ability to watch this, not only see what's going to happen at the beginning, but if they want to, they can skip the whole script and go to the last uh, part of the movie or the last scene and see how the movie ends and see what their part is. And what you don't know this or not, but we all have the ability to go, watch this now, to the script of God's Word to see the end result of what our life ought to look like. Amen. Amen. In Romans chapter 4, verses 1, you can write it down. Abraham, now we'll get ready to see how his life ended up looking scripturally. It says in verse 1, What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh is found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has, does he have glory, Wherever of the glory, but not before God? Verse 3, For what says the scripture? Abraham he believed God and it was counted for him for righteousness watch this now chapter 4 verse 16 Romans chapter 4 verse 16 therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end watch this that the promise might be sure to all see remember God told Abraham I am going to bless you so you can be a blessing he said and all the the blessings shall come through your seed watch this now verse uh I'm going to jump down to verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom even uh, he believed God, who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were watch verse 18 who against hope believed in hope this is Abraham that he Abraham might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be verse 19 and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about how old class how old was he a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But verse 20 says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Watch this. Giving glory to God. And I love verse 21. It says, and being fully persuaded, being fully persuaded, what? That he, God, who had promised, he, Abraham and God, was able to perform it. In other words, I want you to see that when you live a scripted life, it gives you the ability to fast forward what your life ought to look like before you even get there. Yeah. See, you and I have an advantage. You say, well, you don't need to read your horoscope, you just need to read the Bible. Yeah. And the very thing that God has given us to, 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 to really look into our futuristic lives, we ignore. One of the things that God has given us, of course, is His Word. And then the Spirit of God, the Bible says, The Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So there are some things that the Spirit of God, you know, the Scripture says, Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared. But the next verse says, But God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit. So the Word of God will give us some things that God wants us to see and have. The Spirit of God is able to do that. But you know what else God wants us to use to see the things that He has for us? He wants us to use our imaginations. Now see, unfortunately, we think that our imagination is a bad thing, but it wasn't bad when we were growing up. You know, you imagine being a football player or a basketball player. You you imagine, you know, whatever you use it for. Well... God wants us to use the imagination that he's given us to watch this, to see into our own futures, to see what he has for us. He said, well, Pastor, how do I do that? Okay, watch this. Go to Genesis 11. We're, we should be in Genesis anyway, but Genesis chapter 11. Let me show you something about your imagination. It's good and bad. Now, I'll show you how to use it for good, and then I'll show you at the end how it can be bad or work against you. Genesis 11, look in verse 1. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, they found a, a plain in the land of Shinar. This is the group of people. And they stayed there, verse 3, And they said to one another, Go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime for the mortar, verse 4. And they said, Go to now, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make a name and let we be scattered abroad from the face of the earth, verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. And the Lord said, everybody say, The Lord said. And the Lord said. So who's talking here? And the Lord said, behold, watch this, the people are one. They all have one language and this that they have began to do. And watch what he said. This is God talking. He says, now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. If I can just get married people to get on the same page, all things are possible. If you, that's why the devil, he just keeps you arguing over crazy stuff. Because if he can keep you out of agreement, he's going to keep you, watch this. It said that God said, whatever, they they spoke one language, they were all on the same page. And he says, you know what? Nothing's going to stop them from what they have imagined. I wanted you to see the word imagined there. Because God has given us our imagination, not just for bad stuff, but for good stuff. You say, well, pastor, how do, I, how do I tie this into what you're talking about? Why don't you take God's word and look at the end result of your situation and begin to imagine that versus what the devil's showing you. See, the, this is how imagination works. First, words have to be spoken. Once words are spoken, they create a thought. Everybody say a thought. And then what a thought happens, it depends on what you do with the thought that determines what happens to the thought. If you take that thought and meditate on it, regardless of its nature, if it's a negative thought and you use your imagination or you think about that negative thought, then you're going to eventually get a picture of what you are negatively thinking about. Okay, let me give you an example. Uh, you, 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 uh, a thought comes to you. My husband's cheating on me. Okay, well, what are you going to do with that thought? You have no concrete evidence that he is. The devil just put it in your mind. And so you could say, oh, no, in Jesus' name, he is faithful to me. He loves me as Christ loves the church. Instead of saying that, you say, I wonder if he is. So then you think, well, I saw him. He walked out of the room when the phone rang yesterday. Who was he talking to? So now you done with that thought have gone from a thought to a photo, to a movie. And now you're going to react from that movie. But we can do the same thing on the positive side of things. Everybody say the positive side of things. In other words, you can use the script of God's Word to imagine your end result for life. So let me give an example of what I'm talking about because I'm talking about a promise-driven scripted life. A promise-driven scripted life. In other words, a promise-driven scripted life means that I am going to allow my mind to flow with how God thinks, which is going to come out of His Word. In other words, how, this is how a promise-driven scripted life sounds like. So let's say uh, things in life are not turning out the way you thought they would and things are turning out wrong even though you've been doing the right thing. How many know that can happen too? No, no, you're doing the right thing, but for some reason the wrong things are happening. Well, a scripted life says what Romans 8, 28 says, and we know all things will work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called it to his purpose. A person who's experienced in that situation will say, wait a minute, if God is for me, who can be against me? A person in that situation will say, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, now thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. In other words, if things are not going right in life, you don't open up your mouth and agree with what you see. You call those things that be not as though they were. You don't call things that are as though they are. Because when you do that, things don't change. So now you have to use your words and script your life. When your money is funny and your change is acting strange, how many know what I'm talking about? Let's say it's like that and you've been trusting God with your tithing offering by giving to him. Well, a scripted financial perspective says that he's going to rebuke the devourer for my sake. I'm not going to sit up there and begin to cry. "Oh, what's going to happen? And See, the devil, so some of y'all thoughts and then they turn into movies like, well, why are you tithing anyway? Well, what is God doing for you now? You wouldn't be behind on your bills if God was really Lord. See, you let thoughts like that come. No, no, no. When you have a scripted financial perspective, you say, oh, no. He said he would rebuke the devourer for my sake. He said he would open up the windows of heaven. He said he would pour me out a blessing. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord by giving to him the first part of your income. And then it says, He will fill your barns with plenty, with barley, and you will overflow with wine. Listen, when your body is under attack, that's not the time to open up your mouth and begin to rehearse what the doctor says. The doctors, listen, the doctor is telling you facts, but the word is telling you the truth. So when your body is acting up and it's under attack and the facts... Are contradicting God's truth. Listen, a scripted life says, Psalm 107.20, It says, He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all of this mess. Isaiah 53:5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for my iniquities, the chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his strife I am healed. I don't care what the doctor says. What are you doing? When you begin to confess the promise... Listen to me, church, that you don't see in your life. If you continue to confess it, what you don't see, you will begin to see. So now I'm going to imagine myself well. I want to imagine blessings coming in. I want to imagine... Listen, if you ever find yourself in a hospital room and whatever they're telling you contradicts the word... Find a photo of your healthy you and put it right side your bed. When your children are acting up, it looks like what you've raised them to be and believe is far from how they're acting. A scripted mentality says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And you know what? When they get old, they will not depart. I love the message translation it says this. Point your kids in the right direction. And when they're old, they won't be lost. So now when the devil gives you that thought, what your kids out there are doing, I bet they're at a party tonight. No, no, no. Say, devil, in Jesus' name, get behind me. I've trained my child in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart. Well, they ain't old right now. What you going to do? Well, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Shut up in Jesus' name. See, you got, you got, you, you got, this, you got to be convinced of this thing. So here's a problem. Here I'm closing right here. Here are the problems of a scripted life. It's because we let our five senses, better known as the flesh, we let it rule us like Thomas did. Thomas said, I will not believe until I can see it. Some of us let our frustrations interfere with us having a scripted life. And this is when we let what is happening around us to get in us. Some of us are led our, our, our fears. This is when we begin to believe the facts of a fear-driven situation. Fears. Listen, people say false evidence appearing real. Well, some of that ain't false. Some of it are facts. Some of us let false beliefs. These are, were strongholds of what we believe was based on a lie. See, a lot of people live in lies. They don't even know it. A false belief. And then farewells. These are past failures that we just can't get over. And so how do we do it? To live a scripted life, you and I, now we have to pull down and plant. Everybody say, pull down and plant. You can just write down 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It says, casting down imaginations, watch this, and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, watch this, and bringing into captivity every thought. Why? Because a thought cannot become a stronghold until you meditate on it. So when you, listen, the best way to stop a thought is to open your mouth up. I'm telling y'all what to do now. The best way to control a thought is to open your mouth up. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? When the thought comes to your mind, say, you're going to be broke the rest of your life. Say, oh, no. He said he would, he would open up. You see what I'm saying? You have to open because your mouth changes your thoughts. If your mouth and your thought are thinking two different things other than you speaking in tongues, you might have some company. I'm going to say that again. If, if you're thinking one thing and saying one thing, you, you might have some company. Typically, your mind follows your mouth. Y'all know what I'm saying? So what you're going to do is you got to pull that thought down and then you got to plant that word by opening up your mouth. And there are some people in the room, I believe you have the power to change your destiny. But you have to do it. Every head bowed. Because there are some people need to commit to a scripted life. You just need to commit to it. I'm ready. I got a life full of drama. I'm ready to change. I've been living a somewhat scripted life but every time frustrations come I open my mouth and I say them and then I have to live with the repercussions of them. If you're here today and you've never opened your mouth to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead the scripture says you shall be saved. If you're not sure